Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Today, we're talking about small business set-asides, and this episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Check out skywayacq.com for more. Let's get started. Small business set-asides are not unique to the federal government. State and local governments use these concepts, though maybe not to the same extent as the federal government. These small business set-asides are a, a far requirement for some acquisitions, of course, but there, there's a lot of thinking that actually goes into the decision to use a small business set-aside. Practicing officers have to at least consider it in most cases. Before we get into that, let's stop and say thanks. Thanks this week goes to Adam Walsh. Adam is an attorney and a former contracting officer. He's at the U.S. Agency for International Development, the USAID. Adam's in the Washington, D.C. area, although it's kind of cool. He's been a contracting officer in South Africa, Afghanistan, and Myanmar. So he's pretty well traveled. Uh, I want to thank Adam for joining our contracting officer podcast group on LinkedIn and then taking the time to, to share his feedback with our marketing director, Amber, on the content length and, and the applicability of our podcast. Giving us feedback is one of the best ways for listeners to help us deliver a valuable podcast week after week. Thanks, Adam. We appreciate it. Back to small business set-asides. The actual FAR title found in FAR 6.2 is full and open competition after exclusion of sources. So you're excluding large businesses. Therefore, you're setting this acquisition aside for small businesses. I'll read a little far real quick. FAR 6.203A says to fulfill statutory requirements relating to small business concerns, contracting officers may set aside solicitations to allow only such business concerns to compete. The key factor in that is contracting officers may set aside. The word, the word may is right in the FAR. That's important for later. It goes on to say no separate justification or determination and findings is required to set aside a contract action for small businesses. You can just do it. No extra paperwork. When the FAR is talking about small business set-asides, yes, it's talking about small businesses overall, but it can also mean one of the subcategories of small businesses related to socioeconomic status. You can set it aside just for one of the subcategories, one of the little subcategories within small businesses. A set-aside can also be a total set-aside where everything you're buying is going to small businesses or a partial set-aside where only part of the buy is set aside for small businesses only. If you're not familiar with those types of small businesses you're referring to, Paul, it's their general small business, of course, but there's also the 8A competitions, there's hub zone, historically underutilized business zones, which we have a podcast about them, uh, service-disabled veteran-owned small businesses, and uh, economically disadvantaged women-owned small businesses or just women-owned small businesses. And then there's also a scenario where the government can set aside contracts for local firms during a major disaster or emergency. And that one's unique because it's geographic. If something happens in New Orleans, they can set aside contracts for companies that are just around New Orleans for that particular scenario. It makes the buying a lot faster. You don't have to worry about competing with everybody in the world. Just give somebody the work and get it done. And you're also helping to get the people off the ground <laughs> who may have just gone through a disaster. Yeah. What makes a small business? Well, first, it's it's the size of the company. That's that's your your duh factor. Uh, <laughs> and what size means it can be different based on the type of product or service. 
that you are providing to the government. Yeah, we, we did an episode on uh, NAICS codes, on North American Industrial Classification System codes. That's how you define uh, the, the size of, of the company. Of that's how you whatnot. decide, that's how you define what kind of work it is. Yes, that, yeah, that's how you, the kind of work you're doing in the individual NAICS code, this determines how big you are relative to that kind of work. And so some of those are based on how many employees you have. Other ones are based on how much revenue you have. So it's the size of your company and size depends on what type of work. And it can also be, like we said, the socioeconomic status of the owners of the company. And, and we say owners, the company has to be majority owned by individuals who fit that socioeconomic status. So 51% or 50.1%, I guess, or more of the ownership has to be socioeconomically disadvantaged owners. So you can't be a large business and have a woman buy 1% of the company and now, now she's a 1% owner. So so now you're, you're socioeconomically disadvantaged because you're a woman-owned small business. She owns something, right? No, 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 no. It's got to be majority ownership. Yeah, and there, there are nuances to that. that that's, a, that's a rabbit trail <laughs> for another podcast episode. Policy for this is in FAR 19.2, which requires the government to maximize the practicable opportunities for small businesses, veteran-owned small businesses, all of the subclasses of small businesses that we just talked about. And the head of the contracting activity is responsible for making sure there's a small business program that tracks all of this stuff. Someone in the contracting activity, usually the person in charge of it, is responsible responsible for giving someone else the responsibility of managing these small business programs. Yeah. They don't, they don't usually do it themselves, but it's metered by the contracting department. Right. Sometimes it's a part-time job for somebody. If the office has 50 people in it, other times it's three or four full-time jobs for people because it's a big enough organization that there's enough small business activity. The implementation of it, the, how it happens is, is described in FAR part 19.5 and, and FAR, Part 19 overall is is small business program. So if you're looking for small business in the FAR, start with Part 19. Let's link this to the acquisition and execution time zones. When are you thinking small business set-asides in the acquisition process? It starts in the market research zone. Once you have a requirement, you do your market research to find out whether or not small businesses can deliver this product or service that you have a requirement for. If they can, the contracting officer can set that aside exclusively for small businesses. And when we get to the RFP zone and the RFP is released, it is released only for small businesses. It also carries through the selection zone where you're awarding the contract to the small businesses that you've set aside the work for. And you're also evaluating those small businesses to make sure that they are in fact small businesses. Yeah, that's right. There's requirements for that too. We actually have a podcast about that where, where the contracting officer has to put out a notice that says, we're planning to award the contract to this company. If any of you who bid think they're not a small business, speak now or forever hold your peace. We say that, but that's the intent of it. <laughs> On the execution time zone side, in the recompete zone, if, if this is a recurring requirement, that's where you're thinking, hey, we set this aside for small businesses last time. Did it work? Should we do that again? Or you're thinking, was it a good idea? We didn't set it aside last time but we should check, could small businesses actually deliver on this now? There's a, a good number of contracts that are always a small business set aside because the, the nature of the work is good for small businesses, but the companies that win grow and are no longer eligible to bid for the work. 
So there is a bit of a cycle that we that a lot of contracts, they're ongoing small business set-asides. They're recompeted every five years. And sometimes the same companies can compete for it. Sometimes they can't because they outgrew it. If you're not familiar with the acquisition time zones, we cover those in episode number three. And the execution time zones are in episode number 84. The reason we're talking small business set-asides at all is because of the Small Business Act of July 30th, 1953. That's when the government decided that it was important to build a diverse and healthy small business base. So this act created that and FAR 19 implements this, right? That's why we do this. It's a small business set aside. It's one of the best ways, and maybe it's the only way in some cases, for companies to break into the GovCon space. I mean, at scale, many commodities are going to be cheaper when they're made by large businesses. It also, in my mind, has to do with with the proposal process. Government proposals can be complicated, and big companies that have proposal machines have teams of people that that write propose proposals as as their job. They're they're going to do a better job, and it's hard when you're small to compete with a really well written proposal. The small business set aside means that you're really only competing with other small businesses that may not be as skilled at proposal writing as the bigs, but are probably more equivalent to you. In addition to not being as skilled with the proposals, you don't have as many business development people. You don't have as much marketing right. uh, assets. You, you don't have the ability to get in front of the government as much. So just by sheer volume of access points, a large business is going to win a lot more contracts because they don't know you exist if you're a small company. Yeah. I would say that it levels the playing field, but the playing field's already level. What this does is it unlevels it so that small businesses have a chance to compete. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it tilts it towards the small businesses. Well, well said. Right. Again, capitalism doesn't always support this type of, of process. The Small Business Act drove that. We, we as a country decided that it was important that we support small businesses because as a capitalist country, we're, we're designed to have large businesses drive the small businesses out of businesses or acquire them or otherwise build market share, right? So I can't quote the exact number, but the majority of jobs in the country are at small businesses, not large businesses. We like that. We like the opportunities that small businesses provide for entrepreneurs. So we've set up a system to make sure that the government is supporting that, even though it's not always the best choice. It might not be the least expensive option to go to a small business, but it's important for the overall economy. So we support it. It's the same reason that, that particularly during the pandemic, we wanted to support the small businesses, the restaurants in particular, make sure they were there when this is over because they don't have the scale to just survive for six months without a revenue. So the, it, it's not just in the FAR, but the FAR formalized it by making a whole section about how this works. Small businesses can sometimes provide better products or services faster and and even sometimes at a lower cost. Because like you mentioned with restaurants, small restaurants are, are sort of specialists in providing food as opposed to chains who are specialists at providing, I think, consistency and familiarity is what they specialize in. So when you're buying something from a small business, you may be buying from the specialists in what you need rather than rather than the generalists. Think about Walmart provides everything under the sun. There used to be a lot of small businesses. You know, each department in a Walmart 
was a couple of small businesses in your town before Walmart came in and now they're gone. That may not be the best thing in the world. But one of the companies that I awarded contracts to specialized in lights. And I'm not talking like flashlights. I'm talking like lights on runways and lights inside vehicles. And and the level of detail they could give you on lumens and how it light, lit up corners of a vehicle and lit up corners of a building. At, again, it was a, a service-disabled veteran with small business. It was their niche. So to your point about they specialized in this. If I went to like, I don't know, Target and asked the people at the counter, hey, do you have lights that can work in this? They have no idea. At aisle nine. That's about, that's about all they can give you. Yeah. <laughs> Another reason why small businesses can provide better products and services is that well, they're more reliant on your business, right? If, if you decide to buy at Target instead of Walmart, Walmart's be going to be okay. But if you decide to buy your lights from someone other than the small business that you're just talking about, they could go out of business, right? They, they might need your business. So they might work harder to get it and maintain it and make sure you're happy. You know, getting back to restaurants. If you go to, I'll, I'll pick on Applebee's and your food isn't very good, Applebee's might not care because if you don't come back, somebody else will fill that seat. If you go to your local diner and your food isn't very good, they will probably bend over backwards to make sure that you have a good experience because they need you to come back. I think a lot of us have had experiences like that. And, and as, a, as a contracting officer, looking back over my memory, the small companies not exclusively, but more often than not, I can remember the small companies were, were leaning forward to communicate with me on a, on a person-to-person perspective during the whole process of, of winning the contract. They were, they were more engaged and they were more invested, I guess, right term, because they realized like that this one contract was the difference between them growing this year or not. Whereas if it's one of 50 proposals that a large business went after, it still matters. I'm not saying that they don't care. It's just, you got to be honest, you care differently when it's, we're going to eat or not. (laughs) It's a big deal. Buying from small businesses is not necessarily cheaper. In the government world, small businesses have fewer compliance requirements and, and less bureaucracy. And those are things that do drive costs at the major government contractors. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be able to deliver for a lower price because the larger companies do have have scale on their side. It all depends on what you buy. But don't think that going to small businesses is a a way to save money. If it was, capitalism would would take care of that. And we would all the government would always buy from small businesses because it costs less. That's not always the case. Yeah, there were times that I awarded small business set asides and, and the budget had to be increased because it was more expensive. But it, like you said, it's the, it's the decision we've made to have small businesses compete for this work instead of having it thrown into the, the, the ether of all the large businesses that can do it. If it could be more expensive, so why does the government care? Which, who in the government cares? Well, first off, the contracting officer cares, like we talked about. The responsibility for making the determination to set it aside lies with the contracting officer. And the set-aside can be the path of least resistance, the easiest way to award. No extra paperwork is required to say, I'm going to set this aside and only compete amongst small businesses. The customer also could care. Think in terms of during the market research zone, the customer, the user, the person that's going to get the benefit. They may have met small businesses at a conference. They may have worked with small businesses in the past. They, They may have already been influenced to say, hey, there's 10 small businesses that are veteran-owned that can do this work, or there's 10 women-owned small businesses that can do this work. They want that high touch. They may have had the experience that 
a, a large business didn't give them such high touch before. So the customer may care, but to your point, the contracting officer is the one that's responsible for making the determination. So of the three deciders, and we talk about the three deciders in episode number 118, of the three deciders, the contracting officer cares the most and the customer may care some, but the economic decider, they probably don't care that much. Yeah, the person with the money doesn't care unless they have to find more money just to award to a small business. Fair point. The FAR really supports setting aside for small businesses. 19502-5 gives you reasons that are, are not sufficient cause for, for not setting aside an acquisition. Double negative there. It's kind of confusing. I'll try to say that in a better way. Classic FAR language. It's double negatives all over the place. If a large percentage of previous contracts for what you're buying have been placed with small business concerns, you can't say, well, small business got their cut. I'm not going to set this one aside. Nope. You still need to, you still need to set it aside for small businesses. If your agency has already met their small business goals, so small business concerns are already getting a lot of your agency's contracts and, and money. You can't say, well, we met all the goals. We don't need to set anything else aside. It, it doesn't work that way. Also, if another contracting activity, if another contracting group or activity has already set aside the acquisition of an item or service for small businesses, you can't say, well, well, they're buying them from small businesses, so we're going to go to the large. We're not going to set it aside. It doesn't work that way. So the FAR is, is poking you in the direction of set-asides if you're a contracting officer. Yeah, and this part of the FAR specifically lists out examples of things you can't do, which tells me that somebody did these in the past and they had to add it to the FAR. They say, okay, you can't just say, well, we don't, need, we don't need to bother with the small businesses because of the following reasons. The intent is do this as often as you can, even though it is a judgment call. The biggest reason the government cares, it's, it's the path of least resistance. Remember that FAR 6.203B states that no separate justification or determination and finding is required in order to set it aside. In other words, there's no extra paperwork to set aside an acquisition for small businesses. There is paperwork if you don't do it. Right. So the penalties resistance, if I can say, yep, there are small businesses that can do this, let's move out. So if you do your market research and find that there are three service-disabled, veteran-owned small businesses that can satisfy this requirement, you can release the solicitation just for that type of small business, only get three proposals and award. Cut out everyone else. That's streamlining. From the industry side, as a small business this is a huge strategic advantage. You don't have to compete with the big government contractors, right? Scale is no longer an advantage for them. The experience, the proposal writing teams, no longer an advantage. They can't just beat you out on price, like the, the Walmart plan, right? It doesn't work that way. The government's giving you a leg up here. Because of that, the small business set aside, it, it can be a, an entry point to a customer or an opportunity or, or even an agency for a small business. It's a huge advantage that that without a small business set aside, you might not be able to even get on the radar for a particular agency because a large business has most of the work there. Make sure the customer, both both the contracting officer and the users, the people that are going to end up using your product or service, make sure they know that you're a small business, but also provide support for why you can deliver, how you can make them happy. Being a small business alone is not enough. Yeah, it is one advantage. It's not, it shouldn't be the only advantage. You don't just lead with, hey, I'm a small business. Where's my contract? Right. You got to be able to do the work. As a large business, small business set-asides create more work for you. 
not just from that that shaping thing. You you want to convince contracting officers that small bu- businesses can't possibly do this, right? It, it it's not just that you have to work hard to make sure that contracting officers don't set it aside, but large businesses get their own small business subcontracting requirements from the government as a result of of the regulations that we talked about before. Large businesses have to create subcontracting plans and report on that. It's it's not the most efficient or economical way because it drives more internal bureaucracy to do that kind of thing. And it's not the least expensive solution for a large business all the time. If you're building a product and you know you have to buy a certain amount of components or support from small businesses, your product might end up being more expensive in the end. So it might not compete well in the commercial market, but in the government market, that's okay as long as you meet your subcontracting goals to do that. And large businesses also have an opportunity under small business set-asides to team with the small businesses. A lot of times you'll see us, the small business is doing X amount of work and we have episodes about what that X should be. And then the large business becomes a subcontractor. That can be, again, the entry point for that small business, but it's also a way for the large business to stay in, engaged with the work and also have access to that, that particular customer. Yeah, and, and to learn and grow, right? At having the large business as a sub, they get to to learn from the bigger contractors and compete at a higher level next time. And and get access to their proposal teams and all the other stuff right. that the large businesses have. All right, speaking of next time, let's wrap this one up so that we can have a next time. On the government side, communicate your intent to set aside for a small business as soon as possible. It, 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 at least during the market research zone, but as early as you can. Remember, this is the thinking part of the job. You, you got to use your resources, the primary and secondary re- research of, about the companies that are available to decide whether or not to set aside for small business. This is a, the FAR says you may do this, but the idea is you're going to do this. Well, you've got to make the decision to do it based on some evidence. And there's a lot of evidence available. And the more you communicate with industry, the, the better access you have to the evidence. They'll give you the evidence, which, which leads us to the industry side. Communicate that you can do the work. That's the first part, right? Give the government the evidence that, hey, my company can do this work. We can deliver for you. And here's why. Then you drop, oh, I'm also a small business. And the lights goes on. Ding, 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 ding. We can set this aside for small businesses. Remember, industry folks, The government doesn't have to do any more work to set it aside for small businesses. You want to be their path of least resistance. And this is one way to do it. If you're a large business and you've teamed with a small business and they're in the lead, that also counts. There's a lot of ways to be the path of least resistance. And with that, I'll talk to you later, Kevin. Sure, I'll see you, Paul. Thanks for joining us on the Contracting Officer Podcast. When you need help talking to your contracting officer about small business set-asides, turn to Skyway's team of former contracting officers. We're here to help. With training and custom consulting, go to skywayacq.com or give us a call at 877-884-5280. We'll see you next week.